Hey, this is a preview of a premium bonus episode of Champagne Sharks. If you enjoy the episode, subscribe at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks for $5 a month to get access not only to the rest of this episode, but to all the premium bonus episodes of the past, the whole archive. So that's a great deal. And without further ado, here we go. Hey, Champagne Sharks, how's everybody doing? I hope everyone is fine. It's a brutally hot Saturday in New York City. How is it around your way, D, which is California, Southern Cali? Well, you know, out here right now, we're going through um, a gloomy period right now down here in uh, the L.A. area. You know, it's kind of gloomy. We're having the early uh, onset of what we call June gloom. And uh, so it's been pretty nice, man. Actually, we got the nice marine cloud layer going. So it's been like, you know, 68 to 70 degrees. Oh, wow. So it's actually hotter here. Like today, it's yeah. um, today it's brutal. I think it's supposed mm-hmm. to hit like 87 or something. It might, it might oh, already be that. No. But we we uh, we had a, a, a quick little hot spell uh, like week before last where it was like, a couple of weeks ago, it was like 90 degrees every day. So, you know. Yeah. Um, let's just do some quick laundry. Uh, right. House cleaning. I have to pick one metaphor and stick with it. But anyway, <laughs> let's go with house cleaning. Um, yeah, house go cleaning to Patreon. Works. Go to patreon.com champagne, forward slash champagne sharks. To become a subscriber to this show, you get all the premium episodes both the new ones and the backlog, the archives. We're closing in on probably like 45 to 50 premium episodes in the archives now. So that just opens up a whole oh, that's what's up. buckload of listening just by spending $5 a month. Like right off the bat, you get like probably 50 hours plus of instant unlocked listening. So who doesn't like that? Um, also, if you are not a patron or you... Um, are a patron and you're looking for something else to do, the next best thing is to tell people about the show. Tell, tell, tell people. Let everyone know about the show. That is the second best thing you can do to subscribing. ChampagneSharks.reddit.com where you can meet like-minded Champagne Sharks fans or not like-minded fans, whatever. You'll just meet fans. And we don't run it. We uh, pop in and lurk every now and then, but we try to keep it like a safe space for fans so they can, you know, be honest and you know i've let it all hang out and leave a rating and review on itunes you don't need to uh own an apple product or already have an apple id in the show notes we'll put a link showing you how to get an apple id and yeah that's that's basically um that uh also always remember to check the show notes in general you know to see what um links that we provide about the show because a lot of times that can save you the trouble of sending us questions that end up already answered in 
the links. And with that, my friend, how are you? Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm relaxed and ready to dive into today's topic. It should be pretty interesting. Ready yeah. to do it. How about yourself, man? I'm not. I'm doing okay, man. I tried to um, take a nap, and it was one of those weird naps where you're not sure if you slept or not. Like you're not really fully asleep, but you're not really awake, and you're like, "What am I doing?" So, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I hate man. those type of naps. Like, like yeah. when that happens, you have to get up and give it the old school try later. Like it's yeah, I feel you. You know what? I, what I've been trying to do with my naps now is limit them to like about twenty minutes because they say if you nap any longer than that you start to go into that deep sleep and then that's when you wake up feeling kind of like groggy and things like that yeah because i used to try to take long naps man like an hour two hours and i'd wake up and i'd feel like crap i'm like god damn you know i thought i'd feel rested when i woke up but i'd feel groggy and you know just not like really well rested but now when i now that i've shortened them to like 20 minutes 25 maybe 30 minutes max you know i wake up i'm refreshed and i'm ready to go you know, so I don't know. Maybe that's maybe there is something to that. Yeah, I, I try. But once I start sleeping, I just like sleeping too much. It's it's tough. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at not going to sleep. But once I actually start sleeping, I uh, get carried away. Yeah. Make it um, up for all that time lost. Yeah. 20 minutes is tough. But I keep hearing the same thing. I've heard the exact same thing that you said. That, that's, oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. My friend even has a fancy name for it. But I forget. But um, let's talk about the topic at hand, which is there is an article called it says Star Wars writer confirms Donald Glover's character is pansexual in Solo. Right. And um, mm-hmm. this is an interesting article. Right. Because because um, so much of the pop culture media criticism is especially when it comes to geek stuff, it's either done by, um, you know, white people or it's done by Blavity Blacks who just, you know, kind of take all their cultural cues and everything from, like, you know, the white geeks. Right. Yeah, so, 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 so you know, they don't really push back on anything because at the end of the day, when these Blavity Blacks write on this stuff, their main, um, to me, their main loyalty is to the making sure that white people like what they're writing, you know, because I feel like a lot of geekdom in general, black geekdom, is about fitting with, with white people. That's why mm-hmm. so much of it is about representation, about having the same stories as white people, about uh, getting to be the same characters, getting, you know, it's it's not really about... Um, Any type African. of real black empowerment or anything like that. Yeah, it's not like about that. black empowerment. And it's Independence. Not really about, yeah. yeah. It's about fitting in. It's about fitting right. in with white people. That That's all it is. It's all about... The two things I would say, it's about being visible to white people and fitting in to um fitting in with white people Mm -hmm. and one big thing one big problem with um i think black people in general in america and i feel like it really hurts black people who grew grew up in some kind of tokenization type of environment or milieu Mm -hmm. but i feel like uh black people have a real hang up with visibility like literal visibility like Mm. we struggle with invisibility we talk about how black people really like attention you know we, we always talk about this yeah how active black people are on social media you see how much of our activism is visibility based like you know right. th- things that we say like a lot of intersectionality um for example uh tommy curry when he was on he's what kind of sparked this thought in me because he was saying how um intersectionality is problematic because it focuses on visibility 
rather than social dominance theory, you know, mm-hmm. and actual power dynamics. And you kind of see it in the lingo, the jargon. They're always saying stuff like allies need to set back and let black people take the lead. But when they say take the lead, they mean physically, like, you know, let us be in the front being seen or right. don't don't take the, quote, spotlight off of black people or, you know, queer black women because they're part of three oppressed groups deserve the mic you know the mic is another like thing that makes you makes you heard like by visibility i should also say like mm-hmm. also being heard too being seen and heard be, being being noticed like right you know, and it should be added they actually will literally fight to get the mic like yeah, we've seen yeah. instances where you know it's gotten physical for them that's to what happened it. with yeah. netta and that um and al sharpton like she was trying to snatch the mic out of al sharpton's hand mm-hmm. same thing happened with bernie sanders and those two black lives matter like, yeah visibility there was a rally attention. in chicago where it was uh, the same type of thing you know yeah yeah that, that mm-hmm. rally in chicago uh yeah, the, you know, the, it's more about being seen than it is about like actual concrete empowerment, like getting power, getting actual uh, results. It, it, yeah. yeah, it's a privilege or perk of being seen and getting attention or yeah. being heard than it is the actual um, tangible power to actually create and do things. And and it's a very interesting thing. I think it permeates a lot of our stuff. And I think that's what made um, why one of the most powerful novels of uh, the African-American experience of the 20th century is yeah. literally called The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man, Man yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I think it resonates so much because visibility, and I think that's a real problem that black people have to get over is this obsession with being seen. But it's kind of tough to tell people that when not being seen, like, you know, like white people are used to being seen. Yes, and by default. And, and you, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and like we as black people, we tend to only be seen when... Somebody wants to fuck us when somebody is af- is afraid of us, or when somebody wants to abuse us. Like like our default is to be not seen until we're forced to be seen, and or they want the entertainment. Yeah, yeah, which is another form of abuse. Yes, but, yes, that's yeah. that's a good mm-hmm. one. Entertainment, which you can count as the fourth one, or you can count it as a subset of the uh, third one. You you're you're right. So yeah, yeah, and you know those are kind of your choices: either not be seen or choose one of the four. Um, um, I'm either going to not be seen or I'm going to entertain, be abused. And by abuse, you could put like sadomasochism because sometimes the abuse dynamic, they might want to be abused by you, mm-hmm. but it's still their power dynamic. You're still, right. they still secretly hold the power when they let you abuse them. So it's like, hey, come here and, and harangue me on white guilt or, you know, come here and like, you know, kick my ass in some kind of race play or whatever. You know, and you might think like, you know, you're dominating giving the abuse, but you but they're the ones who are um you know, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Not consigning it, uh contracting you to do the abuse. They're the ones who are dictating the uh, terms of engagement. Or they're abusing you, you know, so that goes against abuse, you know. Yeah. Third thing sex third thing sexual, it's time for um the sexual thing, which which, you know, you might also put under entertainment, like sexually entertaining, sexually um you're my uh you're you're a toy you know that that's the mm-hmm. third thing and then like um the fourth thing is like fear like you know they're they're afraid of you so that's kind of the struggle you're either gonna not be um you're either not going to be seen or you're going to be seen on their terms and it's usually one of those four things but it'll, it'll rarely be a three-dimensional thing and a lot of people will settle for being seen on those terms over being invisible whereas you know Sometimes I think it's better to be invisible than be seen under those. Like, if I can't be seen as a three-dimensional person, 
then please like, leave me invisible. Like I don't want yeah. to have to deal with all that uh, toxic psychodrama. But a lot of these uh, blavity black types that grew up as kind of tokens and who really feel that invisibility. Because I think like when you grow up in a legitimate black community or have some kind of black space, you have a lot of time where you're not feeling invisible. Maybe collectively you are, but as a person, invisibility feels less like your default mold because <clears throat> we're not really invisible to each other so much as we are invisible mm-hmm. to white people. But I think for these types that grow up in these type of spaces and work in these spaces, invisibility is like their default state from growing up. And it probably gets a way more unbearable to them, which is why they end up being these adults who are so fine with those fucked up types of attentions because they're so desperate to get out of that. Mm -hmm. And they probably can't even see themselves three-dimensionally anymore because they have internalized that white mindset, that white, they've seen black people through the lens of white people. I was just going to say, I think that uh, to a degree, these people are like uh, cultural nomads, you know, they're black, you know, in terms of their skin and their, their features, their phenotype, but um, culturally, you know, they have more in common in certain respects to, you know, white culture. That's why you see like a lot of blurs and things like that. They didn't grow up having a whole lot in common with um, their greater extended black family and things like that. They kind of drifted more towards geek culture, which is heavily white. Yeah. And so they kind of don't know where they fit in, you know, in terms of social identity. Um, on one hand, they understand that, OK, we live in a society where, you know, um, uh, my skin color is going to be used against me or what have you. But then on the other hand, they don't quite fit in in, you know, traditional black society either, nor do they really want to. A lot of times they they rather be on the other side. You know, that's just my the way I view it. Yeah. And not just that geek culture is by almost by definition, like when you're really immersed in it, it's a fantasy based culture. Like, Mm -hmm. like you get a very, you can be in very big danger of disconnecting and dissociating from reality in a micro way, not like a clinical way, but it got to put you in a, in a, like, I think there's a lot of subclinical mental conditions out there that people just don't really take seriously as mental conditions because you can be totally functional in society, hold a job, have a relationship. And I think geek culture naturally has built into it a lot of fantasy and dissociation and um, maladaptive daydreaming like baked into it Mm -hmm. and for black people i think that's extra dangerous because a lot of white people they can afford to um be a little dissociated from reality to a degree because they have a whole system that's kind of doing a lot of safety for them Mm -hmm. yeah safety net doing a lot of heavy lifting for them uh being realistic on their behalf you know doing all these things whereas you know we for example like you know a, a white kid can say hey i'm gonna be a hipster and i'm going to recreate like you know the old late 70s early 80s punk and new wave scene in a neighborhood in brooklyn called like you know williamsburg and i'm gonna live i'm gonna cosplay like as a service worker and be a barista and you know fool around and fuck around with a band for like you know three or four years and be an artist and then you know i'll just play act this game and there's some black hipster who's hanging out with his white hipster friends and we always see how white people don't always share the full information Mm -hmm. with uh, black people it might be like, hey, I'm going to do the same thing with my white friends and I'm going to be a barista for a couple of years and fuck around and be like this kind of nomad, this, this cultural nomad and go to all the same parties as my white hipster friends and do all this stuff. And then, like, you know, six years later, when the white hipster is kind of tired of it, their parents put a down payment on a Brooklyn Brownstone for them and, you know, help um, fund their first kid. 
and you know they end up getting some kind of <laughs> some kind of media job. And right. black, I see this all the time. Like black hipsters just kind of would be asked out and be in like in a spiral, but they're just in like that service industry or fucking around or scraping freelance writing gigs, like you know, for life because their family doesn't have that type of resources. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 not gonna be inheriting a house. Maybe don't inherit a house, but they're not gonna have um the means to take over the mortgage. Like there's a lot of stuff there. And I and I feel like, you know, that fantasy thing of black geekdom that these blavity blacks have makes them really ill equipped for um you know, being the pillars of or the, or the leaders, the leadership class of the black society that they imagine themselves to be. Because in their mind, they think of themselves as the kind of leadership class of the black uh, society just by respectability politics or, um, you know, being being the educated ones or whatever. And I think that's probably like less equipped. Like when white people get educated, they actually become equipped, actually lead white society, even if they're going to lead it in the evil way and turn into some neoliberal bullshit. But yeah. white pe- black people, we just get trained when we get educated. We just get trained not to get in the way of white supremacy. I like that term. I like I like to phrase it like that. That's a, that's exactly what it is. You get trained. Yeah, white people get educated. Yeah, black people get trained. We get trained not mm-hmm. to gum up the works and to keep the other niggers in, in line. So there's no... Like, the education doesn't really um, trickle down to help pull other people up. No. It kind of separates... So yeah, I think when you're when you're not real, when you're dissociated, when you're fake, you can't connect to anything real. You have to make yourself fake to connect to fake shit. And I think, you know, these people have no ability to be three-dimensional or be appreciated on a three-dimensional level or sell themselves on a three-dimensional level. They're just a bunch of identities, you know, I'm a I'm a black queer pansexual so and so this and i count four things give me the mic and let me tell you how i feel let me do all the talking you do all the listening white person you're the ally give me the spotlight give me the mic let me talk visibility 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 at the end of the day no power has been changed and they actually end up a lot of times willingly or unknowingly becoming uh sort of gatekeepers to black society so they end up policing us and telling us what we're doing wrong more often than they actually challenge a system of white supremacy. You know, it goes back to what you just said a little while ago about them being trained as opposed to being educated. The, you know, I see that all yeah. the time. The spokespeople, not leaders, because they don't even really spokespeople. They're unelected spokespeople because the people that are supposed to be spokespeople for, they're appointed by white people to be spokespeople for these people. And the actual mm-hmm. black people don't even fuck with them. The average black person does not fuck with them. Right. Right. And that, that has to be a source of frustration for them because you, you could tell in a lot of their writings and the way that they react, like a lot of times you could tell they despise, um, you know, black society at large. You know, they're fine with their little group and those that think like them. But, you know, society at large, they really despise a lot of black society. They have a double despising. And this is what the despising um, is. And you nailed it. This, this is not even me. This is not me expanding on what, what you're saying, because I think what you said is so on point. Um, they despise. They despise them because they think that they're better than them. They think that these people dragged them down, that being associated with these people is keeping them from being more accepted by their beloved white people. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like how, you know, some white people will hate their redneck past or their redneck cousins or whatever. Like, like, like they hate these people, but they also despise them because as badly as they look down on them, they need them for value Yeah. because white people are only as interested in them to the extent that they're a gateway to these people. Mm. As in like, yeah, as in like, um, 
I despise you, but I need you. Uh, it's right. called a, it's called in psychology a hostile dependency. Mm, okay. And it's like, okay, if I was to just be a total white person, just in black skin, then white people would just be telling me stuff like, wow, I'm blacker than you, or you know, you're the whitest black person I've ever seen. Like, you're the worst of both worlds. You're a throwaway person, and you're not even a good vessel to project all that shit that white people like to project on black people and that makes black people useful to white people like you know you're not really fun to sexually sewer yourself with as a white person because it's like okay you're just like a white guy with black skin so you know sex with you is gonna be sex with a white guy so i'm not just sleeping with a white guy you know i can't i can't live out this mandingo fantasy with you 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 you're a black girl and your ass is as flat as white girls and you talk like a <laughs> white girl and if i'm a white guy trying to you know live out some fantasy like you're not really there so they kind of have to keep their eye on the so-called black underclass or lower class that they just so as much as I, as much as i fucking despise you mm-hmm. you know i need to somehow channel you if i'm ever if it's kind of like like like, you know, like counter programming it's like okay in summer blockbuster season if a if a movie studio that's small and can't do a big action movie if they try to do an action movie everyone's just gonna be like why are you trying to do like a, a, sh- a shitty action movie with your budget and with mm-hmm. your lack of experience when i can just watch a marvel movie or a disney movie so there's certain studios what they do is they try to do the opposite like i'm gonna show you how I contrast, you know? And I think that's what a lot of uh, these blavity blacks do. Like, so a lot of them are like, you know, I can never be convincing white person, even though like I'm white enough that you can let me in your social circles and I'm not gonna, you know. Be a total embarrassment. Yeah, I'm not gonna be a total Mm -hmm. embarrassment, but I have enough blackness, stereotypical blackness to create an interesting contrast that I'm not redundant to the, the white people in your circle. Yeah, and this is all a lead up to. Um, but there's another aspect of it too: is that <clears throat> these people are also a, a source of frustration for them. Has to be the fact that um, black society in general, you know, your average everyday work class or even poor black person is not really fucking with them like that, you know. And a lot of times, it gets it it, it plays itself out. Like you'll see. I remember a while back there was an interaction on Twitter where this girl, she was one of these blavity blacks, and she was talking about how. In school, she was teased for having like a big ass and this, that, and the other, and like a bunch of black people chimed in, like, "Well, what what fucking school were you going to where they were teasing you for having a big ass?" Because in the black community, you know, a big ass would get you a long way. You know, people yeah, just kind of exactly. call her out on the bullshit, like, "Ah, uh, you didn't go to no, you weren't raised in the hood, were you?" You know, they were kind of calling her out on that, and uh, so a lot of times. A source of frustration for them has to be the fact that when they try to bring these issues to the greater black community, they get rejected and called out for being fake. Yeah. And so I know that has to be also a source of where some of the, you know, uh, anger towards us comes from, too. Yeah. And that's a good third uh, thing. That's that's a very good one. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot it. And you know, you know what also about that third thing you brought up about how they hate that, you know, like I disdain you. But I'm mad, I'm even more mad that you disdain me back. Cause, right. Cause, cause you're supposed, <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's kind of like when there's this uh, unattractive girl that you're like, oh, there's nobody left. Mm-hmm. I guess I got to fuck with, fuck with her. It didn't go over there. And she's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, I'm not even checking for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and then suddenly you, you go from thinking like you're 
the one that's just dating. And then you get a reminder, like, you know, shit, I'm looking down on them and they're not even fucking with me. Like, you know, right, right. That's exactly. It's like they're not even disgusted with you. They don't even notice you exist. They're like, who is this person? We're not fucking with them like that. Like, it, there's yeah. no, there's nothing. You're totally inconsequential to them. Yeah. And then when you do show up, then they might get disgusted, but only because. Right. <laughs> You know, and it's a specific. And they clown you. Yeah, and it's a specific type of narcissistic injury, and I think that's what yeah. really you know bugs them. But you mm. know what I think also bugs them about that? What also bugs them about that is that these people stand to expose them. Mm. Yeah, they're oh man, yes, yeah. Be- because if my value to you know these white people is this contrast that I'm creating, you know this this thing where it's like. I'm close enough to you, but I'm authentic enough that I provide instant contrast. And I can ask, I can answer all your um, fucked up racial questions. And I can also do a lot of that, uh, those four types of attention you want. You know, like you want some sexual sewering or sexual tourism or adventurism. You can do a little sass. Yeah. You can project all types of fucked Mm. up shit on me. I could be into your entertainment. Mm. I could, you know, we can have be your mammy. It could be your mammy. We can have weird yeah. dominance games. You want to work out your bondage fantasies with me and your slave master slave thing kink. I can do, you know, all that stuff. But when these people come around and, you know, expose them as like, you know, we don't fuck with this person. Like oh, this mm. person's like, like, you know, the most inauthentic black person, or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's like they, they get embarrassed by that. I think that that's the third that's the other part of resentment. Like they resent that these people, it's like, it's like the way, the way you uh, resent a blackmailer or, or the way like, you know, it'd be like, say you were like a nerd in like um, grade school or something. And then you recreate yourself in high school or college. And then like somebody from that place where you grew up, where you were a nerd comes to that college and, and you know, like, Oh shit, this person's here. Yeah. I got this whole fake persona going, this person. <laughs> and, and, and they might not even be doing anything to you. They might not even be, Saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna expose you." Look, look at you. They might be saying nothing, but just that they're there, you get. Just that the, exactly. This is like the fact that you're there. I think that's why, like, sometimes so many black people bug out when like they're the only black friend of a of a group of white people. Yes. And then another black person comes in into the group, and they get all defensive all of a sudden <laughs> because they know the jig is up. Yeah. And they threw, so they did throw a little shade on you in front of the other white people, like you mm-hmm. know, just try try to make sure they lower you in the estimation of the other white people. Right. Uh, you know, like there was, there was one time I was in um I was in college and there was this girl in my high school, but she was like you know, I try and think of a politically correct way to say this, but she 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 was the school she was the school you know whatever and she had a very scandalous like high school you know oh okay she was the uh, the the jump off oh well I mean there's no other way to say it. the jump off she was the jump off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she 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 was the school slut not slut shaming but just saying that was what um she was and i remember i went to college and my senior year college roommate right but you know what one was interesting i had never messed with her in high school mm-hmm. right some of my friends did but i never messed with her i think she had some kind of mental issues too um yeah. so it, it it was like it felt kind of like i felt kind of bad for her to be honest because i just felt like she was really taking advantage of she was looking for something you know, and people took advantage of it. I agree with that, by the way. I've, I've made the same type of observations about certain girls that, that I grew up with and went to school with, and they were kind of like the, the school jump off. And I never fuck with no girl like that either because I always felt like 
you know, deep down inside, it was from some kind of a weird place where, you know, it was them searching for something or, you know, lacking something in their lives, like a father figure or whatever. I don't know. But I, I just felt, yeah, it felt like punching a disabled person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, and, and, and I'm not even throwing all promiscuous no. girls, girls in high school into that category because there was some where it's like, yeah, this yeah. is just what I like to do. And I was, I was fine messing with, uh, a promiscuous girl like that where it's like she had like an ownership of it and it was like she's making mm -hmm. a choice you know but exactly and you know the difference there's a difference yeah there's a definite yeah, yeah. difference and, and one feels like predatory to take advantage right of it. exactly but I remember my uh, senior year roommate was like yo I met this girl out of, in the next town over you know and uh, you know we met we changed numbers she's really cool and uh, she's coming she's coming to the house to visit so you're I'm making like, oh. his voice sound all shady <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's unintentional he was he wasn't shady but gotcha. uh, she came she came by and i was like holy shit it's her <laughs> right and she had this kind of even though we had no problem with each other in high school during that whole time she had this animosity and nervousness toward me mm -hmm. to the point where, like i'm just gonna leave the room because i'm making her uncomfortable i'm not doing anything to blow up her spot it, it, it was like i was smirking and rubbing my fingers like hey, but hey. you were a big ass spotlight right then and there right on her that you were the hot spotlight shining yeah, right on her I was because she knew that you knew and oh and man. i had the discretion to do so if yeah she has no idea if i'm an asshole or not you know mm -hmm. you know whatever yeah so yeah yeah it was and i feel like that's how what uh black people are like like you know did you yeah. Did, if you don't mind me asking, did you eventually tell the guy? Or? Um, I told him after it was all over because mm -hmm. um, they hooked up once and twice. And then this is what I said. I said, you know, oh, I used to go to high school with her. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything that wasn't a lie, but I didn't say I gave all like need to know um, stuff. Mm -hmm. because I kind of knew he wasn't serious anyway. And I think it was just like college, like, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't mm -hmm. want to prejudice on uh, his experience. And then, you know, they um went to separate ways after like two hookups, but no bad blood or anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And then um that was, that was when I uh, mentioned, because she ended up having got a lot of problems in high school uh, later on and getting, oh, wow. getting pregnant and abortion. She got pregnant with another girl's boyfriend's baby. Mm -hmm. Then then got the shame of you know not only having cheated with someone else's boyfriend but getting pregnant, pregnant by that boyfriend, it, yeah. then getting into a fight with the girlfriend, mm -hmm. and you know like, Just like sloppy shit, yeah. sloppy, messy, yeah. you know, you know, and yeah. But believe it or not, people, all this ties into <laughs> <laughs> Lando Calrissian being pansexual. <laughs> <laughs> we we took you on the champagne sharks roundabout way to get into our topic today. Yes, and this wasn't like a pointless tangent. This was this is actually going to relate to our problem with Lando Calrissian being pansexual in the new Star Wars. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it, it'll it'll make sense as, as we go along. But 